Hey, everyone. Welcome back to High T Hoops. This is Brian Boucher at the Duke of Hoops, and I'm joined by Skylar Smith. What's up, Duchess? Hi, Brian. I'm so excited to talk basketball today. I feel like, you know, just spent a weekend, you know, grinding away. I was working on my grad school application, and so I'm just excited to talk about something fun. Yeah, and this was a really fun weekend in basketball across the BBL and the NBA. Yeah, really fun. And we haven't talked very much about it together yet. So I know there'll be a lot of hot takes on this pod. Yeah. So let's go through the agenda. We're going to start with some NBA storylines on this Sunday roast pod. Then we're going to some BBL coverage. Electric weekend in the BBL. Going into some beefs, some roasts, which favorite part of the show. And then we're going to end with some fits. So that's my favorite. I know it's yours. It's great. It's it's a podcast where we're talking about visual things, but you know what? It's it's a great segment. We're going to keep it. <laughs> and we'll figure out a way to make it visual at some point. Yeah, we'll clip it. We'll put it on uh, across social just so people can see the actual uh, uh, fits we're actually discussing. But to kick off with some storylines in the NBA, Skylar, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you set this one up because you've been a lot more attentive to this storyline than me. Tell us a little bit about Steph Curry in 2021. Mm-hmm. I feel like we were planning this podcast yesterday and going over the outline yesterday. And I was like, should we talk about Steph Curry and everything happening online with him right now? And you were like, "Eh, I don't know, like, we'll see. And then he went and had that game last night. And it's like, suddenly we, we have to talk about him. So Steph has been getting a lot of just unnecessary slander online lately. Um, this is it feels like a very online thing. Like, I don't know that anyone who actually has a job like analyzing sports is saying things like this, but a bunch of people online were basically being like, Does Steph belong in the Hall of Fame? Did, like, was oh. Steph as, as impressive as everyone thinks he is? Like, did Katie and uh Clay carry not, him? Not carry him, but you know, did All he this need them? Can he though. not carry a team by himself? Yeah. Because the Warriors have had such a tough start to the season. And Steph Curry, you know, I think we kind of wonder when things like this happen, like how much of it breaks through to them. And I think this is pretty obvious. It all breaks through to them. They're hearing all of this. Yep. Steph Curry goes out last night, gets a career high 62 points. 62. To shut everyone up. 62. He breaks Clay's record. He bla- he breaks his own personal record. I think he broke the record just in that building. I mean, it's not it's a very a old, building, it's yeah. a very young building, but yeah. What did you think about this, Brian? I, you know, the Curry has been slandered for his entire career. Yeah. Uh, especially through the Warriors dynasty, which is one of the greatest teams of all time, if not the greatest team of all time. Mm-hmm. And he's always struggled a bit in the playoffs um, against kind of these these tougher teams like the Cavs, where he doesn't put up the LeBron, the KD, you know, their traditional numbers where it's like he's not getting 40 every night. But that's literally why they were a dynasty. He is the most unselfish superstar I have ever seen that has won these championships. He has always supported his teammates even more so than himself and cares more about the team winning than anything else, which was the engine for all of their championships for their extended run. Mm-hmm. So if you criticize Steph Curry for not putting up those types of numbers in the finals and in the championship, you also are completely discounting the fact that they won all of them in the first place. So yeah. I hate the slander. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, obviously. I mean, give yeah. me a break. He's a two-time MVP with that many championships. Everyone gets into the NBA Hall of Fame anyway, even role <laughs> players, it seems like. But I, I, we talked about this on the last Sunday Roast. I want Curry – to be the focal point of this offense. I want him to just tear up the league. And I'd love to see a Steph Curry MVP run. Try to get that third MVP. This feels like he was kind of showing everyone like, hey, I could do this every night, but I'm actually trying to get this team to a point where we can win some games. And that's why I'm not. And so maybe just shut the fuck up for a second. (laughs) Is literally what this felt like. Because I mean, I think I saw like literally zero of the Warriors players scored over 10 points last night. It's obviously not a way for them to win this yeah. season. I, I mean, they know. beat the Trailblazers, which it, they blew them out too. They were, you know, they they won it in the third. But you can't criticize Kelly Oubre for having historically bad shooting numbers and being one of the worst players in the NBA when it comes to shooting 
and Wiggins struggling early on, and then mm-hmm. also criticize Curry for right. not being able to, to right. carry the team. It, yeah. It's not fair. Uh, I also and love Draymond was back. Draymond was back. I think that was a big, big part of it, actually, was Steph was, yep. he was getting the ball, like Draymond knows where to find Steph. He knows where he likes yep. the ball. Um, I also love that anytime anything happens, like, you know, something big is happening with Steph when all of the announcers and everyone online starts calling him Mordell. Like, that's when you know something <laughs> yeah. big is happening is they all start calling him Mordell instead of Steph. I love, you know, watching this game, he, I think he had only, he only had like 45 at the end of the third, 55, you know, he he didn't have that many points. And then he, at the very end of the fourth, when they were blowing out the trailblazers, he hit like three threes in a row in the last two minutes to get to 62 and was just throwing it in their face. It, I mean, absurd, he, they ridiculous also, threes. He also kind of had to. Like the trailblazers yeah. made a little comeback in the fourth. They had been trailing by like, what, 20 all game and then... They made a little comeback. I think they got they got the uh, deficit to below ten. Like Steph definitely still had yeah. to keep it turned on. Which I, was I know, like, but that last is... minute, I think he hit back to back threes and just was doing his little shimmy and yeah. his little dance down the court. He knew he was. This was a statement game for him. Yeah, there's also just like there's few uh, duels that I enjoy watching less or more. <laughs> there's Who knows? few duels that I enjoy watching. More. more yes that's correct uh then steph curry versus dame lillard like dame had his 61 point game against the warriors steph has his against the blazers like it's just always a fun back and forth yeah great game let's move on to the next storyline we have today the nets lost to the wizards with yeah. kd and Kyrie. so let's go through this game i'm gonna pull up the score as a last second shot and we watch the very end of this where they the, the Nets had this. They they hit yeah. a clutch shot to go up. Uh, Russell Westbrook comes up big with a steal, mm-hmm. with a dish. Thomas Bryant is dunking all over the Nets at the end there. And then Kyrie has a good three-point look to take this game. Misses the shot. It rebounds back to KD for a wide-open mid-range jumper. Like, how fortuitous for the Nets. Like, that is the guy you want. And he clanks it off the rim. Mm-hmm. And they lose to the Wizards. And Russell Westbrook gets a little uh, – it's not a revenge game. They're friends now. And that, <laughs> that beef is over. Um, but it was fun to see the Wizards take down the Nets. And in that crunch time, the Nets looked a little shaky. They missed I, those shots. This crunch time ha- was not fun to watch. Did you think it was fun to – like it was just – you know how people – I don't even want to like give this air. But you know how people will like post clips from – the WNBA where there's like a bad couples, like a bad series of plays and they'll be like, Oh, how do people watch this? It's like people could have clipped the end of that game and been like, how do people watch this? It was just so messy. Like uh, the Nets had so many opportunities to fully put this game away and they didn't, they were just turning it over. Super messy. They allowed the wizards to come back. And then the wizards had that turnover. Like this was just, when games it seems come down preseason-y to, to me. It was very for the, preseason For the Nets. Yeah. It's like they they let Westbrook hit or shoot a wide open three. Katie is like, just take this, Westbrook. <laughs> like, I, you're not going to make this. And then it goes oh, right to Bertans, okay. who I still have never seen miss a three-pointer while I'm watching. I know he has. <laughs> the box score says he's missed. I still have never seen him. He hits a wide open three to pull this even closer. But yeah, Thomas Bryant, I was really impressed with. He had yeah. 21 and 14 dunking all over them like i said to he had the game winning dunk um on the westbrook dish or the and beal had 27 points too so yeah really good game for the wizards they're they're two and five now not not too shabby it seems like they're starting to it's not great but it does seem like they're starting to you know figure it out a bit yep all right let's go on to our next talking point pistons losing to the celtics we this was hilarious we turned this (laughs) game on we're just like so we're watching you know the sunday games prepping for the sunday roast we turn on the Celtics game because I'm like, oh, it's tied in the in the final possessions. We get <laughs> I'm so sorry, Skylar. It just it sucks. I, it's just it's hard being a Pistons fan. Uh, uh Tatum steps up, hits the game winning jumper. Blake Griffin gets switched onto him, just kicks himself in the foot and falls, <laughs> and Tatum hits the game winning shot. And it's just like, Blake, what are you doing, man? And they just do the slow-mo replay of him tripping over himself over and over and over again. And you're just like, oh, my God. They still have like 2.4 seconds. Yeah. Pistons inbound, 
get it to Blake Griffin for a long three. Why give it? To, I know he's a, he's a three point shooter now. Yeah. But Tatum blocks it on the way up, and Blake just has this pissy look on his face where he's like, no, he, like he also was just laughing after. Like, yeah. He's just so he trips over himself. Tatum blocks him. This was hilarious. What were reactions to this, Skylar? Yeah, like you said, we were not watching this game. We turned it on uh, when we saw that it was down to the the two final possessions and we saw Blake Griffin just get absolutely dropped on the (laughs) defensive end and then come down to the offensive end and get a three-pointer blocked and I just was laughing so hard and was like I am not catching up on this game like I am not going back to see what happened in this I don't want to know this was the most Blake Griffin thing ever it's the most Pistons thing ever it was people at you on Twitter a lot of people added me. I'm sorry I didn't respond, guys. I didn't watch the game, and so I didn't. Want and you're not to going it, to. And I'm not going to. It's also just tough. Like Blake Griffin, I he is he's just aging so quickly. Like time is just not being kind to him. It's, it's tough. Stressful. I mean, he's added that three pointer to his game, but uh, he is not just, the player he used to be. He was yeah. three. For, he took t- guess. Just guess. I don't think you've looked at the box score. How many threes did Blake Griffin take? I think I just heard you say 10. 10. Three for 10. So not, ho- I mean, not horrible. He only had 13 points. So he's not contributing that much. Yeah. But yeah, he's, uh, he's seeing that the light at the end of the tunnel right now, which is too bad for the Pistons. They really need him to step up. They really need to move him is what they need to do. Yeah. We've been saying it since the start. I've been saying that for years. And then Grant, my guy from the Nuggets, is just like, this is my team now. Yeah. And he's he's being that, which is a role player on the Nuggets. He was not interested in staying and getting a championship yeah. with my Nuggets and went to the Pistons, but he, at least he yeah. has this role now. He had the foresight that it wasn't going to happen for him there. Yeah. Okay. We're going to highlight a couple teams we don't talk about very much. We're always talking about the Clippers. We're talking about the Lakers. They're doing amazing again. Uh, you know, the Clippers have really stormed back this season. The Lakers are kind of in cruise control and they're still winning these games. We talk about the Rockets all the time. Mm-hmm. So we're going to focus on two of the top teams on Western Eastern Conference. Do you want to start with the Suns or the Sixers, Skylar? Let's do the Sixers because I feel like the Suns is going to be a little bit more fun to talk about. Okay, we'll, we'll end on the Suns. Yeah. All right. That's if we start with the Sixers, they are five and one to start the season. I did not and, know that, by the way, yeah, until we prepped uh, for this. They're doing it very quietly. Quiet five and one. Daryl Morey uh, coming on as the new GM, mm-hmm. and they have had a really strong start. Embiid is an early MVP candidate. They're up there in the power rankings. What have you thought about this Sixers team? I have been honestly pretty impressed by this Sixers team. It mm-hmm. feels like they added some pretty nice pieces in the off season that are working well within their system. Yes. Danny yep. green, uh, Seth Curry Seth Curry is a big, Seth one. big. Yeah. Uh, Dwight, I haven't seen a ton of Dwight on this team to be honest. Um, and then like what they've always needed from Jojo and from Ben Simmons, what they like, they, I feel like every summer I'm hearing about how much they need them to improve. I feel like I'm seeing big improvements in them this year, along with Tobias Harris. He looks great this year. So did you see that Toby dunk on the Hornets? Yes. Oh my God. I didn't know he had it in him to buy. Yeah. He, he, in the bubble, I was like, oh, he's kind of getting old. Like the hip flexors seem to be tightening up. Yeah. And then he just makes a little hezzy move, gets to the basket. And I'm like, how did he – was that on Biombo? Like the defensive stopper? I don't know who it was on. But yeah. he dunked over two Hornets players. Yeah. That it's was incredible. The, yeah. It seems like their offense is – like I hated watching the Sixers last year. Their offense, I was like – I felt like no one ever knew what they were doing. It was so slow. It was so disorganized. There was no energy. And I feel like it's completely the opposite this year. There's so much ball movement. There's a lot of energy. They all look confident that they know what they're supposed to be doing and they know what the game plan is. I feel like this coaching change before the season, I remember being like, I'm going to expose one of my old bad takes. (laughs) I think I said, uh, the Sixers have a lot of problems and just coaching changes and GM changes are not going to fix them. I think I said coaching changes are not going to fix them. Seems like, they, I think, seems like coaching changes are fixing a lot of problems. Yeah. 
I think, but you're right. The pl- the new players coming in and fitting in those new roles, like you said, they bring in yeah. Daryl Morey, they bring in Doc Rivers. Daryl Morey is a genius at figuring out what personnel you need to fit around superstars. He's always yeah. been a superstar guy. He's always wanted two superstars. He has them with Embiid and Simmons. And he's also a guy where like a lot of people say that he's all about how many threes can you shoot, yep. but he is threes and dunks and layups. Like that's yep. what he wants. He wants the highest percentage possible. And he said, I don't care if Ben Simmons doesn't shoot threes, yeah. which he did make one. I did see it. It was pretty. First of the season. It was pretty nice. But Ben Simmons, that is not his strength. He's a power forward point guard. Yep. You know, like that is not, he's like a Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. And with him and Embiid as those superstars, you're right. Curry had 21 against the Hornets. Danny yep. Green had 13. Shake Milton had 18. Yep. Tobias Harris had 24. They had six players over 13 points. So it does really seem like they have fit into their roles. Doc's doing a great job of giving them confidence in those roles. Yep. And they're fun to watch. They're scary. When, yeah. when you have, the the Harris and Bede Simmons and then you have Curry and Green yeah. as the shooters around them. Yeah, that's a strong five. Yeah, and I love. I also love Seth Curry's rise in the NBA. Me too. Love that he's finding this role. He deserves it. He's such a good player, such a good shooter, and the NBA is moving more and more towards his direction. Yeah. I think he's found a really important role on the Sixers team if they're going to go deep in the playoffs. I think you could always see it with him. Like he's able to fit into role player positions really well. He can contribute a lot to teams with pretty few minutes. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to see him have, you know, a little bit, a little bit of responsibility with this team and really bring them together. Yeah. And I, I'm so curious because there's been, I mean, the, the Harden trade rumor mill is one of the top stories, which we covered last week. Yeah. With Daryl Morey as the GM, Ben Simmons has been, this is rumored on the trading block. That's just coverage. You know, it's not, it's not actual reported for that. Ben Simmons had his first triple double, 15, 11, and 12. If you were Daryl Morey, Skylar, are you trading for Harden into this team? Um, what is your thought process here? Bring us behind the scenes a little bit because they they have started so strong and they do look like they fit. Why would you yeah. bring in someone like James Harden? Yeah, that to was kind of my throw first that chemistry thought. away. Yeah, that was my first thought. Was this is a team that people have been so frustrated that they can't get it to click for years and years and years, and it seems like we're seeing them start to click here, and the offense is really starting to work. I don't know. At the same time, Harden is one of the top scorers of all time in the NBA. It's like hard for me to talk myself. Leading the league already? Yeah. Leading the league this season, 37 with a dad bod as covered in the previous pod. Right. So it's like every time it's like hard for me to convince myself not to trade for Harden, but I don't know. I don't know. It's a a tough tough one. one. I am not paid to make these decisions, luckily. No, I think Daryl Morey has a pretty good handle on Harden too and, and this team. So he might just, you know, he might wait to see, you know, we're still super early. Five and one is, and, and as we've said, a lot of these teams, it's, they're acting like the preseason, especially with rest and everything, but he might just see how this team is playing out and he may, you know, wisely wait to see if they need to trade for him midseason or not, or see kind of how Harden holds out. But yeah. Ben Simmons is a big piece and that would be a huge move to bring in Harden. So yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. Any other thoughts on the Sixers? No. I love their jerseys. Yeah. The photo shoot, the brand, the vibes. They're bringing new energy. Yeah. I'm into the new energy. see them out there. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to the Suns. Do you want to kick this one off, Skylar? Why are you so excited about the Suns? I'm just – I don't know. I'm just excited about the Suns in general. Is it from the bubble? The undefeated team in the bubble, just Maybe, riding that yeah, energy into like, 2021? Yes. I feel like I am riding some bubble energy to it. Plus, it's like I hadn't been watching a ton of Suns games before the bubble, and then I kind of got into them, and now I'm watching them more. I feel like this is completely besides the point, but I just want to get it out there. <laughs> the Suns court is my favorite court in the NBA right now, this year. Why? It's so pretty. Have you seen it? It's like all the tie-dye around their kind of new branding. And then they've got like the cactuses on the court. Like I like oh, a court yeah, yeah, that has that. Yep. details, but it's not like too much. Like I, the Hornets court is much too much, but the Suns, it's like a nice way to do accents yeah. on a court. Everything's brighter. It seems like this year. Yeah. I don't know why that is. I know. I, I'm liking those, especially the Nets court, which is like all grayscale. And yeah. then you get these the like electric jerseys. Fire. It looks really good. Yeah. All right. So the court, number one reason why we're excited about the Suns. Number one. I just What's feel like two? 
it's really exciting to see the Suns become one of these teams that's like almost like a hunted team. Like yeah. I watched the uh, that Suns Clippers game and like you could tell the Clippers came out fired up because they knew that they had to against the Suns. And like the Suns were down 20, 20 points in that game against the Clippers and they still they got to the third. They looked pretty comfortable the whole game. They got yeah. to the third and they were just like, should we turn it on now? And they like made a comeback. They still didn't win. But they yeah, definitely only a five point game. They definitely put a major comeback in. I feel like it's just it's a really fun, quick offense to watch. It's one of the most exciting teams to watch right now. They're just nailing threes. They're making some of the hardest shots I've ever seen. It's just a really exciting offense. Yeah, I love you know I love the teams and we've talked about this where they draft the players and they're doing really well with their own drafted players. So yeah. having Booker grow, having Aiton, having Bridges, like those are players that. They are developing and eight, you know, eight and Booker last night, 25 and 24. Yep. They're strong. Yeah. Um, you, I also love this with the Celtics and with the heat where they're developing that younger talent and then combine that with Chris Paul, yep. who's coming in as that veteran that can complement them. And, you know, when the Suns beat the the Nuggets, so I watched that game where they beat my Nuggets, which mm-hmm. very, it was a very fun game. They were just going punch for punch. Yeah. And Chris Paul had a dagger jumper where he has the I don't he has the best ability I have ever seen for someone under six feet to score on seven footers. Yeah. He did this in the bubble, uh, where he's scoring over Bull Bull. He's scoring over Yoke. He hit this. He has this little hesitation move, mm-hmm. and then he goes into your body and then gets this fadeaway where he like has that Larry Bird release way behind mm-hmm. his head. Yeah, and makes it almost every single time to kind of seal the deal for this game against the Nuggets. And it was really impressive how the Suns, where it's the baby Suns, the baby who Suns, are, who are bringing in Chris Paul, point God with a big chip on his shoulder, who I'm hoping can get them over, get them into the playoffs, get them through the playoffs a little bit deeper because they've been a little shaky there. Yeah. But they're going to have to win games like this against the Clippers if they're going to make it uh, farther in the Western Conference. Yeah, for sure. I feel like, do we talk enough about? Chris Paul and the way he's taking care of his body. I feel like we talk about it so often with like LeBron and I don't know, whoever else. Chris made Paul a big change. is 35 years old. I mean, yeah. granted, LeBron is making it. He's playing 36. much longer but Chris in the Paul, year, but under six feet. Under six feet. And Chris Paul is not resting very much. No. So and what he did with crazy. OKC last year. Yeah. It's I wild. think he went he went plant-based. He did he went yeah. some diet. I think he's vegan now. But it's also you mentioned um, the CP3 leadership. It's been really fun for me to watch uh, the CP3 Booker relationship. Like I feel like we've we've seen this on Twitter a bit. Like Booker just he idolized CP3, and you know he really looked up to him, and I think modeled some of his game after him. And then to have them play together, it's I'm sure just like a dream come true for Booker, and like just so good for his game but at the same time it's like it's funny for me to see them just become friends too like did you see that um Devin Booker said that Chris Paul connected him with Jay-Z on a no. phone call he got him on a phone call That's with Jay-Z it's like you need a CP3 on your team to be able to like get those connections it's not like DeAndre Ayton like has Jay-Z's phone number but it's also funny like Devin Booker I feel like Devin Booker <laughs> you should clip Say this it. for social. I feel like Do- <laughs> I feel like Devin Booker is similar to Donald Trump in one way. <laughs> wow. Can't wait to see where this is going. In that whatever like whatever's happening in the news, there's always a tweet for them. If you go back far enough, like Donald Trump would tweet like Oh yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and then people would search, and he would like have a tweet about that, but the exact opposite opinion from like ten years ago because he's obviously soulless and doesn't actually care about anything. Devin Booker, it's like there's a tweet for him for everything. So like mm-hmm. he tweeted about CP3 connecting him to Jay Z, and then like people searched his tweets, and there was a tweet from when he was like. 14 that was like jay-z is the blueprint for me he's my idol he's like everything to me it's like there's just always a tweet for devin booker i love the trump connection too well played (laughs) and just like we talk about with the sixers where it seems like the pieces are just fitting it seems like that with the suns too where they they have seven players that are scoring more averaging more than 10 points a game 
yeah. Sarich, Crowder, Johnson. It's the exact Paul, opposite Paul. of the Warriors. Yes, where none of them can make a shot. But when you have that, they just seem like the ball is moving. They seem to gel really nicely. Chris Paul is finding that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just also want to say like the Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, LeBron James, Wade, the Banana Boat crew has been such a a powerful group of leaders for yeah. these younger players where they're taking care of their bodies. They're playing into their late 30s. They're, they're doing things outside of the game to build their wealth and to build kind of their businesses. And I just love seeing CP3 do this with with Booker and some of these young stars. It's really it's really encouraging for the NBA to see that. I completely agree. Yeah, uh, which we cover a lot on this podcast. Basketball is just a sport, and there's a lot more that these guys do on and off the court uh, than we realize. So good for them to be building their brands outside. All right, anything else on the Suns before we move on, Skylar? No, I think I got Great. all of my very important and very insightful points out. I mean, you're a political science major. You can't help it. You have to. All right, let's go. Let's just take a step back a little bit on kind of the start of the season. Uh, you know, this is a once a week podcast where we cover what's going on. And some of the start of the season, there's been incredible blowouts. The Mavs being up on the Clippers by 50 at halftime. There's a lot of rest. You see a lot of lack of effort. Anthony Davis is obviously not going for an MVP this season. He's kind of just jogging up and down the court. What have you thought about some of these kind of early season woes, Skylar? Honestly, it's it's been a tough start to the season. Like I don't yeah. these games haven't been Weird. super fun to watch. I don't think they've been super entertaining. I think that this was always going to happen, honestly. This could have easily yeah. been predicted just based on how short that offseason was, how short the preseason was. Um I think, you know, we'll get we'll get farther into the season and this will iron itself out. I'm sure it's just, you know, they're getting back into it. But yeah, I gotta be honest, the games haven't been that fun for me this this early in the season. There's just so many blowouts, a lot of rest. I'm just not that interested in watching blowout games. Yeah, I mean, we see that with the Nuggets where they're I think they only won one game. I think that's it. Uh and they're just there's a lot of teams that have really slow starts. Yeah. And I don't think it's it's not the you know we're in a global pandemic. They're traveling. Uh, it's they've it's the shortest off season of all time. It's a condensed schedule to try to fit them all in. There's I, I'm not blaming anyone for it. It's just a reality of this early season where they're trying to work their way back into it. We're getting a lot of these these freak injuries, which I've listened to a few podcasts that actually made some good points about. They're not getting you know muscle injuries, so their bodies seem to be ready, but like the coordination around the court is off. Yeah. Like Abaka smashing his elbow into into uh, Kawhi's face for eight stitches on his lip. And yeah. by the way, mask Kawhi, terrifying. <laughs> also, just, that mask is just so, so weird. weird. Well, it's because it's you know the Rip Hamilton, who I, I imagine is one of your favorite players of all time yes. back in the, the Pistons days. That's like a full mask. This one, it was only the lip. He didn't have a nose or eye socket problem, which is normally what these masks are for. But then it like so went it was up like, on his forehead. Yeah, it was like a... It was like know. a big, it was like, it was like a toilet bowl. Like a seat. toilet bowl. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yes, Skylar, same page. Yeah, because he like mouth and nose, he could breathe, but it was like trying to cover his lip. It was really weird, but he played amazing with it. So uh, another thing at the start of the season, we're getting these back-to-back games where mm-hmm. to limit the travel, they're playing teams back-to-back. We saw this with the Nets and Hawks, which was my favorite example of this, where mm-hmm. the Nets beat them like 144 to 142 in regulation. And then the Hawks get a chance at them again where they beat the Nets the next game in these back-to-backs. What do you think about these series? I really like this series format. I feel like from an entertainment perspective, it's great. I feel like you see – examples are just completely escaping me right now, but I've seen a bunch of series where the first game was fun and competitive and player like guys got really into it. And then the second game of the series, it gets a little chippy because it's almost like they've had those emotions running for – like two days now and they're still there. And so they start the games at that high point. It's fun. I think it, it ends up making the games a lot more emotional. And like we said, like if games are going to be blowouts or there's not going to be a ton of effort, like this might be a way to combat that. Um, I also think from a player perspective, it, it works for them too. Like you, we saw um, Kuzma just the other day say that he really likes the back-to-back format and that he wants the NBA NBA to keep it even after 
uh, the pandemic is over because he was saying like they're flying less. And so just like go like having your body in a plane up in the air and like how that affects the inflammation. Like he said that they're just recovering so much better. So I feel like it's good for everyone. Yeah, I like it. It's like it's like mini playoff series. Yeah. And the coaches have to game plan a lot differently when it's back to back and you can make yeah. adjustments between games. So you're seeing coaching be a lot bigger part of the season because yeah. they can actually game plan a little bit more and focus on one team. Well, and it becomes like which coach can make adjustments quicker, which is a really fun like cat and mouse game to see play out uh through two games. Yeah. And it's much more similar to Major League Baseball here in the States, if anyone's a baseball fan out there, where they play 162 games, which is crazy. But NBA plays 82, so it's still a ton. And baseball, they do these home stands where they play like five games in a row, four games in a row, and you just get to chill in the city for the entire week. And the players love it. Yeah. And they play the same team like three or four times. Over and over and over. Yep. And then they come there later in the season. So I really like it too. That's been a fun little wrinkle and change up this season. And I hope they keep it. Yeah. You ready for some BBL talk? I am ready. What a weekend. So they had a little bit of a break here. Uh, We went on the BBL show to give our kind of mid-season-ish, early mid-season-ish awards out, which is really fun. Shout out to Jay and Drew for bringing us on there. Check out that podcast. Um, We did a rapid fire uh, awards on who they like the most, but the London lions played the Leicester riders in two of the top teams in the BBL. And as they're going, as they're making their way up there for the game, this game gets delayed like 30 minutes, then an hour, then another 30 minutes. We don't know what's going on. And then you start sending me Vince McCauley's tweets that they're like stuck behind an accident. What was going on? Yeah, I don't, there was some accident on the way. I don't know. I'm just glad they're all safe. Yeah, he said they're safe, they're heading up there, but there was a little bit of a delay. It's just funny to see a coach tweeting from the bus being like, hey, we're okay. Like, we're just a couple hours delayed. We'll make it to the warmups. Don't worry. It's just like, it's very funny to have that transparency in the BBL um, where they finally did get up there, which was great to see. But the London Lions, who are coming off of a little bit of a hot streak, they seem with Orlando Park, Orlando Parker, Orlando Parking. I'm just all car talk in my head right now. <laughs> Orlando Parker coming onto the team and being that stretch four that is key to them and has been playing incredible in the championship. Yeah. Uh, they seem to fit a lot better. And then going against these riders with Connor Washington, uh, with Darian Nelson Henry, with the with a strong squad. The riders are obviously kind of a dynasty in the BBL. This was a really fun matchup. We watched this game together. What were some of your biggest takeaways? Number one thing that stood out to you. What's your uh, what's your pub banter talk right now? Number one thing that stood out to me. Hmm. Um, probably just like how insanely athletic the London Lions are, and how oh my god that like in the last what two minutes of that game, their athleticism won that game for them. Like their ability to just be able to stretch out for those. Um, for those steals to get those turnovers. Jumping the passing lanes. Yeah. It's when they want to turn it on, it's like once they turn it on, it's just you could just see the game going to them. Yeah. And we talked about this on the BBL show where we're like, who's the most athletic player in the league? And a couple of, you know, Jay, Drew, Dirk Williams was up there. And you saw him. I I watched this replay so many times. The Lions are down by five, I think, with like less than a minute to go. And... Dirk Williams jumps the passing lane from the opposite side. So he's totally weak side, jumps it, gets the dunk. DeAndre Liggins comes in, steals the inbounds pass, and gets the layup. So back-to-back steals for the Lions in the last minute. I'm screaming, at just like the Lions are going to blow it again in the fourth quarter. Like They need to like buckle down and actually take these games from top teams like the Riders and the Eagles. And they did. They, they, they came back. They got those two steals uh, to put them down by one. They got a big stop, and then DeAndre Liggins comes down. That's who you want. The you know the ball is in Liggins' hands. You know he didn't have the most points in this game, but he was the clear leader. He was the MVP. It's in his hands. He drives to the lane, and a lot of players would force a bad shot here. You know mm-hmm. they collapsed on him. Uh, he could have just went. I want to be the hero. I'm going to make this game winner. He doesn't. He makes the unselfish basketball play, which. I'm sure he learned from LeBron. LeBron gets criticized for this, where LeBron takes it and kicks it out to the player for the open three to win the game. So Liggins kicks it out to Orlando Parker, who just cashes the mid-range jumper. 
The riders have two seconds to get another shot or not very much time. And Liggins blocks the three, which I confirmed. I was DMing with him. I'm like, did you block that three? Because remember the announcers were like, did Liggins get a finger on that? And he's like, yes, I blocked that shot. And I was like, that that's my guy. Uh, and they took this game from the riders. The riders should have won and collapsed. But such a good win for the London Lions. And it was really fun to watch. Yeah, really fun to watch. I just like... There's some games where you just kind of see the importance of a, like certain play. Like we just saw it with Steph. You yep. see, we saw it big in this game, the importance of DeAndre on this team. Like you yep. said, even though he wasn't, you know, scoring the most points this game. He only had 14. Like Dirk Williams had 19. Uh, Orlando Parker at 11. Like he wasn't yeah. their top scorer. But that final possession, you're right. The way that that the defense all collapsed on him, it left his teammate wide open for that shot. So DeAndre's yeah, the gravity. Yeah, the gravity that DeAndre brings to this team is big. And just some other highlights. Like I tweeted out about this. Connor Washington might be the fastest man I've ever seen. <laughs> like it is just unbelievable. You see that every time we watch him. I it's it's also the way he moves. Like yeah. he is so flexible, so mobile. I, you know, when I, 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 my body hurts watching him run and I'm like, we are two different species of humans. Like I cannot believe that. And apparently he has just like a crazy vertical too, but he was really fun to watch. And then William Lee might have the dunk of the year, gave a little pump fake on the three. And then it seemed like he did a two step from the free throw line to throw it down on the lion. So, uh, you know, Crandall had these put back dunks. They were just, it was everything you want from these games better than a lot of the NBA games we watched this weekend. Yeah. And it was just, it was so fun to see two of the top tier BBL teams really take each other on, take it seriously, you know, right after the holidays and really go at each other. But it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. So shout out Lions. Uh, Maybe one day you'll sign me and I can uh, contribute some cheering from the bench. (laughs) Shoot your shot, Brian. Nice. (laughs) I'm going to, you know, why not? Uh, Let's go on to some of the next games just to highlight the Sharks beat the Raiders. So this is big. The Sharks were in that group of death early on uh, with the Eagles and the Riders and the Lions. Struggled a little bit earlier on, but made a new signing, American guard Jordan Rotino, uh, formerly of the University of San Francisco. He made his debut, came up big with 17 points, and they beat the Raiders. They hung on in this game and put on a show. Mike Tuck out there hitting a three. Mike Tuck three watch, which you love to see. Lillard and Hemsley were good. This was a really fun game to watch, and you love to see the Sharks step up with some of these new signings, bring some new energy, and take down the Raiders who are, are you know struggling a little bit. Start like Paul Nicholson, love you, friend of the pod, but you know losing to the Giants, like they're good, and they just they're, yeah they're just letting these kind of wins slip away from them a little bit. Yeah. It is cool to see all these new imports coming into the BBL and how a lot of them have had a big impact almost immediately. Also, had you ever heard of the University of San Francisco? Because I had not. No, I think it's like an old school college. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm pulling this memory. Like Bill Russell went there or something. Bill Russell, like some famous NBA. Really? Like it used to be a really good college, yeah, huh. um, for basketball, but not anymore. I could be making this up too, so don't fact check me on this. Interesting. But, yeah, like we talked about this with the uh, with the Rocks last week where imports are coming in, first game, and putting on yeah. a show. Yeah. And, you know, Ashley Hamilton, Chris Border-Button. Um, did you like my CPB, more like CP3 joke, Skylar? I just – I hate a dad joke. <laughs> I was feeling a lot of dad jokes yesterday watching the BBL. Yeah, you were like pitching things to tweet from High T Hoops. I was like, Brian, I know. what are all these dad jokes? No this is not our brand. I couldn't help myself, but they, I mean, Porter Button and Hamilton had amazing games. Um, Porter Button fouled out, which probably hurt them in closing this game out, but really fun game. Paul, love the Raiders still. I know they're not my number one team. They're not Skyler's number one team. They're not the Queen of Hoops number one team. Hey, we're feeling we're still love you at this point. I have one question about the Sharks. Okay, hit me with it. Okay. I love a butt sponsor. I. I love a butt sponsor. I think it's why so funny. I've never seen this before, except in the BBL. Words on grown man's butt. I love it, <laughs> especially with these wide angle lenses that the BBL player has. It just like stretches out the ass logo with a big logo. However, I I need the sharks to let me know 
who is their butt sponsor? Because it looks like it's just a woman's name. And it's also, <laughs> also it says You're Karen. Americans right now. It, it also says Karen, which is like, was that like one of the biggest words of 2020 and like in the worst possible way? So I don't, I just want to, I want to learn more about the shark's butt sponsor. Plus I just, I want more butt sponsors in general, bring them to the NBA just in the world. Yes, I need an NBA butt sponsor. Yes. If the Pistons the offered high T hoops, hoops will sponsor the Detroit Pistons butts. Uh, so we'll join with Jordan. Did we talk about the Jordan sponsors? I think it's in our next section, Brian. I think you're jumping. Okay, good. Up. Okay, okay, great. That's in our beef section. We'll move on to that next. But yes, Pistons, if you're interested, we'll Let give us you a high T hoops. I love butt Blake sponsor. Griffin's butt. Blake Griffin's butt with high T hoops on it. Uh God, we're America. I, I've never seen that before. You love to see it. And we also have no brand awareness for a lot of these brands that are doing these sponsorships. Yeah, who's so. Aaron? I want to know. Let us know, Sharks, if you're listening. Um, just a quick note. Rocks lose to the to the Phoenix. Tough loss for the Rocks. Tough season for the Rocks so far. Our guy, Jimbo Lowell, top five BBL name. Yeah. Uh, and Ross had big games. But Rocks, can you just sign Murray Hendry, please? Friend of the pod. Like He's a fan favorite. His season got canceled. He's he's ready to go. He's posting these dunk videos. We just need him back on the team. Sign the fans him. want him. Sign Get some energy Hendry. into it. Yeah, white exactly. chocolate mountain. White cho- at white chocolate mountain. Murray, if you're listening, tweet us. This is a secret part of the pod, Murray. <laughs> if you're listening, tweet us and we will and respond. If you don't, we're gonna be very disappointed. We're gonna be mad. You're you're an OG listener. You gotta listen to this. All right, let's move on. Beef of the week. Scott, I'm gonna let you set this one up. Why? Because it's funny it. and it's about the Pistons. Okay. I'll, I'll set it up. Okay. Do you want to? No, I'll set it up. Here's here's the setup. Uh, Detroit has Jordan branding on their jerseys now. That's the setup. And hilarious. Many people think it's very funny. I think it's I, do too. I think it's funny that Detroit made sure that that Jordan logo blended into their jerseys as much as possible. I you can hardly see. I it. couldn't see it until I saw a very close up in a on a free throw. But it's almost it's they they're on their gray jerseys. They have gray stitching that chest. is completely identical. It's you can't mm-hmm. even see it. The Pistons I said we're not. We're giving. We'll give it to you, but it's not. We're not going to be proud about it. Why? Why would they do this? I mean, the bad boys just must be so upset, especially right after the last dance comes especially out. Especially Isaiah. Just, Isaiah's like, are you kidding me? Like, this is my team. Yeah. And you're going to throw a Jordan logo on it? But huh, they did it. And they are doing it as as little as possible. Just like contractual obligation to have the stitching on the jersey. But that they are going to make it blend in. Powerful. It is powerful. All right. Let's go to roast of the week. Do you want me to set this one up? Sure. So, NBA fined Daryl Morey $50,000 for tampering because he complimented James Harden on setting a franchise record for the Rockets. It wasn't so, he wasn't even complimenting him. I think it was this is unconfirmed. It was just noting it. This is unconfirmed by the way. It seemed like it was like an automatic tweet. Yes. It was a So, so Daryl Morey's response tweet. And it looked yep. like it was like some sort of app that he has that just automatically posts throwbacks. So apparently there's this app where for these anniversary type moments, yeah. he scheduled it a year ago and it auto tweeted and he must have forgotten about it. And then he instantly deleted it. And the NBA still pegged him with that $50,000 fine for tampering because this is amid all of the trade rumors around yeah. James Harden. Uh Number one, Darren Moore, just maybe just tweet less. You know, it's gotten you into a lot of trouble. It's gotten the NBA into a lot of trouble. Yeah, it's gotten the U.S. I mean, into a lot of trouble. Seriously, I mean, Darren Moore's Moore, Moore, Twitter has lost them like a billion dollars. Yeah, I feel and like they, the main person I want to roast here, though, is the NBA. To be yes, honest, that's what I was getting to. I okay, was just giving Daryl Moore a quick note, but go roast the NBA for this, Skyler. You got it. I just I want the NBA to stop being so stupid when it comes to fines. They never make sense. They never make any sort of sense. They find him $50,000 for an automatic tweet. They find James Harden $50,000 for breaking COVID pro- protocol, which could literally kill people. It literally endangers so many lives. And they get fined the exact same amount. Like, 
the it NBA has sense. to figure out fighting. This is so stupid. And they have to figure out tampering because the players are tampering like crazy. And then an accidental tweet that's yeah. immediately deleted is what is tampering. Like that doesn't make any sense. They got to figure these rules out. Also, like I don't really know how they crack down on tampering, to be honest, because players are going to tamper and they don't really care about the yeah. fines. No, they make so much money. I mean, Daryl Moore doesn't care about the $50,000, but just that it was a statement. Like, why are you making, like, why are you making the statement? Yeah. doesn't make any sense. Come on, NBA. Yeah. At least make it more clear of why you're doing things and when. Yeah. All right. Skylar's favorite segment of the week, NBA fits. Set this one up for us, Skylar. On a high note, Brian, I've got – Oh, yeah. It was kind of a weird week in fits. I'm not going to lie. There weren't three very obvious winners, even though there usually are. So it's a bit of an interesting week this week, Brian. Let's start with SGA. SGA Let's do it, as we normally do. He's one of my favorite people to look at his fits. Uh, he came Which in one is he? There's a lot of face coverings this week. Oh, I found him. I got him. Okay. You're with me? With you. Okay. He came in. I can usually ID some of the some of the clothes. I got nothing on this one, uh, unfortunately. But he came in in a black, some black jeans that are – it's either paint or bleach uh, accents. And just this incredible – incredible jacket it looks like it's like woven from a bunch of different uh colored yarns or something i don't really know what the material yeah. is but very textured very beautiful lots of different colors uh with some you know some classic sneakers brian what do you think about this look is this one that you understand or no i don't no i'm sorry uh the pants look like he's just finished painting uh and then you know the his jacket, painting though. pants the, the jacket, jacket is really cool. nice. The full mask is is really nice. Um, but, you know, I've seen better from SGA. You're yeah. right. It's kind of a tough week. It's a weird week. Let's move on. Um, we're going to talk about Kevin Love next. You're doing Kevin Love? <laughs> I tend to not talk about Kevin Love too much when it comes to fits. I tend to think that Kevin Love gets pretty overrated for his wardrobe. However, you don't love the Banana Republic lines? <sighs> listen. He has some great clothes. It's just they're very boring. And he just he I mean is, it's not high fashion. It's, it's just everyday fashion. Everyday no, man. He he fully wears high fashion. He has a full high fashion wardrobe. He just puts it together in pretty vanilla ways. So okay. he has money. Talk he to has me about nice this clothes. one. Um this is an incredible, incredible sweatshirt. I think this is an Amy Leon Dor sweatshirt that I just think looks great on him. Uh, some nice jeans, some sneakers, of course. And I always love to see like what little, what their little um, cosmetics little bag looks like. A bag. He's got a little camo bag with Fanny his cosmetics pack. in it. Do you like the sweater, Brian? Would you wear it? I, I do, yeah. Um, it's just – it's a little more – I don't know. The outfit overall is a little more basic than I'm used to in the NBA fits of the week. Um, but I do really like this sweater. This just this also just seems like if you go to a holiday party and you want to kind of step up your game a little bit, you throw on this sweater, and it's you know it's a little bit lacking uh, on the uh, on the NBA fits walk in type bar that we usually set. That is fair, Brian. I told you it's a weird week. Let's move on. Yep. We're going to finish up with Kuz, and then I've got two special shout outs. Oh, is for this you Kuzma? This, week. this is Kuzma. Uh, I look, like I really want to go a week without talking about his outfits, but I just can't. He just has the best ones every week. I think this one's my favorite. This is a really cool outfit. Um, it's by Sabone. I think just the pants are by Sabone. The sweater might be. Um, a burgundy trouser with a nice holographic accent on one leg. A very nice matching sweater, sweater and a pale blue bucket hat to match <laughs> he's got his little cosmetics bag i love this well, outfit huge compared to others huge. i love this one too i actually do really like this outfit isn't this one fun and i yeah. i know the why you like this one it's because all the colors match perfectly yes yeah. i'm a big matching guy yeah i also love like an anonymous mask on bucket hat over your eyes like just no features are showing i love that look and the mask matching the outfit yeah Kuz is very good about matching his masks to his outfit. Yes, he is. I like the Kuzma one the best. Yeah. The others, you know, you had to pull them up a little bit yeah. uh, because not a great week, but this Kuzma one's pretty fire. Yeah. 
I've got two special shout outs for you this week, Brian. I'm going to start with Jordan Poole. He had a walk-in outfit this week that made me giggle a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) He was wearing gray. It's a grout fit. Gray sweatpants, gray sweatshirt, his uh, Michigan varsity jacket, and some bands. I knew you would love this. I am just so happy to see that Jordan Poole, who is now a multimillionaire, is still dressing the exact same way that he used to dress when I had classes with him. When he would go to class, this is exactly what he wore every single day. And I'm just glad with to the basketball? see with the basketball. He was usually holding the basketball. And I'm just glad to see he's staying true to himself. So special shout Love out there. Love this one. And my second special shout out, Grant Williams. Grant Williams, is it his second year in the league? Yeah, he's, he's still he's early. Sophomore. Yeah. Um, second year in Boston, I feel like he's just, he's a guy that has tried to win over Boston fans. Like there was the thing last year where if, um, like whoever it was, Kemba, Tatum and Brown, like made the all-star game, maybe it was Tice instead of Kemba. Uh, he would dye his hair pink. Like he just does these little things with the fans. He walked into this game in a full Dunkin' Donuts outfit. Which oh, little donkeys? Little, little dun- donkeys? Full Dunkin' Donuts merch, which if people in the UK don't know, the power that that Dunkin' Donuts holds over the city of Boston. The whole Northeast. The whole Northeast. Like, what would you even compare it to, Brian? It's like... I don't even... It's, it's not like, like Pret. It's, it's not... Well, it's like Nando's. It might be like Nando's. Yeah. yeah, I would say Nando's. Just like the cult following. But, but it's, it's more it's like day-to-day. Yeah, it's and it's every, something it's that people drink every, every day. day. Yeah. It's like if you ate Nando's every single day for lunch and everyone was obsessed with eating Nando's every single day for lunch. And if someone said they didn't like eating Nando's for lunch, people would yell at that person. Yes. When I lived in Boston, it was you're holding a donkeys or like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like it's it's expected that that's where you go. Yeah. So I just Which like very strange. you know, playing the fan sensibilities with his walk-in outfits. Yeah, I, I agree. So overall winner of this one, I'm changing to Grant Williams. Okay. Got, got a little bit of donkeys. All Love right. this one. I'm going to stick with Coos. All right. Are we sending these out to the fans? Sure. Let's do we it. We have them pick too. I want to see what the fans think of these different NBA fits. Let's do it. All right. Let's close this out by saying thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoy the show, please give us a five-star review. Please subscribe. Rate, Smash rate. that subscribe button. Rate us with five stars, review us with copy and text. Uh, We really appreciate it. And we have a really fun guest this week where we are going over how to build British basketball through TikTok. 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 (laughs) All right. See everyone later.